Welcome to the Marketing Podcast, the number one podcast helping aspiring entrepreneurs level up their marketing. Here's your host, Augustine. Let the class begin. All right, Raj, welcome to the Marketing Podcast. And first and foremost, thank you so much for coming on board and uh, taking your time to you know, share with us some information on marketing. I've read a little bit about you. Um, so maybe you can start off by introducing yourself and uh, your company. Sure thing, Augustine. Firstly, thank you for, for having me on. Um, it's an absolute pleasure. So uh, as you mentioned, my name is Raj. I'm the founder of Goodman Lantern. We are a native English content writing company. Um, we started the company six, six years back, and we have been growing pretty rapidly, especially the last few years or so, been, we've grown quite a bit. Uh, this is my third company, uh, so second company I sold it. Uh, it, was, it was a good exit for me. Um, I've always been a, a geek at heart, and I studied AI at, at university, so I love my technology and computer science as well. And uh, this funny story is that when I studied AI at university, the longest time, my mom didn't know what AI was because 15 years back, no one knew what AI really was. My mom thought AI was a study of UFOs. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, very much um, following the AI trends at the moment, but uh, really I'm in the space of marketing. After sort of university, I kind of got into um, management and marketing and marketing has been my passion ever since. And let me ask you, how did you um, how did you get into marketing? Because I read you're an engineer by profession, right? Yes. So what brought you to yeah. marketing? Well, um, it's it's kind of a funny story because when I finished university um, and I was finishing off my, I was actually signed up for a a PhD um, in building games, video games. And someone told me about MySpace, which is back then the most famous social media, social networking software. Um, and I thought, okay, this is simple to build. So I'll, I'll go ahead and build my own clone of, of MySpace. And then I eventually built a company around uh, social media software. I realized very quickly that a big part of technology, which you can play in, business is to help with the ability to get more people interested in um, the business and a, a way to kind of really entice people within um, marketing is actually use technology uh, within it. And, um, you know, as I kind of kept learning more about the technology and the impl implications of that in business, it was clear to me that marketing was a good fit. And uh, that was 15 years back. And I've ever I've been in um, marketing ever since. Now, now I, I call myself a MarTech person, so it's marketing technology person. And I think it's, it's a good sort of uh, combination of the two. And you mentioned that your company, Goodman Lantern, um, handles native English content writing, right? Mm -hmm. And let me ask you, um, what do you think goes into a good piece of content when you're writing your own, because you've mentioned that, or, or one of the things that your business that your business does is to write content for other businesses that helps them to sell better. Right? Yes. 
So what do you think goes into a good piece of content? Well, content, as you mentioned rightly earlier, Augustine, for us is a way to help our customers sell better and grow faster. Um, when it comes to content writing, for us, content writing is, is, a, is a narrative of a story of the company, the brand, the people within the company. Because people buy from people. People don't buy from businesses. People don't buy from companies. It's not B2C. It's not B2B. It's always P2P, which is people to people. People like to buy from, from other people. They, they resonate with. They like the story. And really, with our content, we tell a story behind the organization. Spend a lot of time and energy uh, on our dime to learn about the company, the mission, the vision, the, the core values, that when we write their blogs, their articles, you know, show notes for their podcast, or, or whatever it is that we're doing for them, we are authentic with the, the tone of voice and the language we use to reflect them. Because everything we write for them is it helps them to increase their, their the impression they create on their prospect buyers, partners, and other people in the company, for instance. Also, the content we write for our customers helps them with their the SEO. So a lot of times we write content which is optimized for Google, Bing and other, other search engines in the market. And the idea really is to help the company get a better uh, number of, of, of viewers to increase their top of the funnel activity for them. All right. And uh, when, when it comes to writing content, uh, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen um, maybe other content writers doing? Because you've mentioned like SEO. So I'm assuming that when you're writing your content, you're also thinking about its optimization for various search engines like Google, Bing, Yandex, et cetera. What are some of the mistakes that uh, some of the content writers uh, make in your, own, in your own opinion? Well, the, the first thing is, um, from our observation, content is a gift that's, that keeps giving. And so the content overview or the content strategy could be a long-term strategy. We have seen several times when content is thought about as a, uh, you know, a, a sort of a short-term flash-in-the-pan opportunity that it actually doesn't work. It goes sideways and actually doesn't help the company to grow further. But if invested correctly in the right process put into place, actually it really helps to to kind of grow the company and once invested properly unlike things like ads where you have to spend routine sort of money on the ads and the moment you stop the ads the the impact of the marketing goes away that doesn't apply to content writing it really is a long-term gift which keeps giving that's one thing second thing is I don't think content is all about keywords. Um, it's not always about sort of getting, you know, to ram, ram in the sort of the ramp in the sort of the keywords to get that content highly optimized. At the end of the day, 
the content we write should resonate with the the end user, the end consumer of our clients. And if it, if it does that in a succinct way, in an engaging way, and they, if they come and spend time read the content or consume the content, that will help them with the brand. That will help them with the SEO because more, more important than anything else is that engagement and the time to spend on the site to, to read and understand and recommend. And the, the more the content is in that way, the better it is really to um, get that content in the right direction. That's, that's number two. Number three is that, you know, many times we see that it's you know, people say, listen, we, all we want right now is um, a highly converting piece of content. So we only want landing pages. We only want uh, conversion pages. But there's a process involved in choosing the right content. You need to know where you are in the funnel at the moment and how much traffic you get on your site, for instance, to be able to convert them. So for example, if your traffic is very low or you don't have enough eyeballs coming through, then a conversion landing page-like situation will not really help you get customers. You have to go through a sequence which requires you to first get the, the traffic, then educate the customer, and then convert them into paying customers. That makes sense. Okay, and I think I agree with you on that based on uh, user experience. I read an article on uh, Google Webmaster Guidelines, and one of the things they talked about or on one of the um, algorithm changes that they're going to do in uh, 2021 is that they'll be focusing more on user experience when it comes to uh, content writing. And uh, I agree with you when it comes to like keywords are necessary in terms of uh, ranking, but they shouldn't be the end goal. Like you should, while writing content, you should be focusing more on uh, the user experience when someone is on your website, what is the experience? Are they able to get their question answered, etc.? cetera? Um, how often do you think that uh, businesses should uh, create content for their website? Well, I don't think this is like one magic number uh, which I can recommend. Um, as an answer, what I'll say is that it has to be a constant process. There has to be content produced in different forms where the customers exist. Now, I'll just kind of go back uh, to an example that I often use, which is content has been around for, for a very long time. It has been there in, in, in you know, obviously people have been writing scriptures and, and manuscripts for, for absolutely centuries and centuries. But, you know, famously, Napoleon, you should write content, which is in the form of press releases to gazettes uh, in order to get um, his stories, his victories in, in war uh, into the newspaper so he can get more people sort of aligned with his values and, and, and his mission. Um, so that's an example of content, which is in the form of press release, for instance. The content can be of different forms. It could be, you know, Social media, it could be ebooks, it could be videos, for example. But it's a constant thing. One has to constantly keep going at a different form of content. And I don't believe that only one form is sufficient for a company. Typically, we recommend a marketing mix. And that would mean, for, for example, right from you know, social media posts, um, blog articles, Right through the long form content like ebooks, um, writing writing sort of um, white papers to really educate the customer 
especially within our B2B market space, which is where we're really strong at, we recommend long form and short form. And also potentially when we work with companies in e-commerce, we also ask them to look at, you know, beyond just, you know, e-commerce product descriptions right through to how-to videos, information about the site, the company's ethos. So constant process. And there, I don't think there's a number which I can recommend, which will be the be and end of the number of times you should write content. You've talked about um, finding a marketing mix when it comes to uh, content writing. Uh, what do you think about uh, repurposing content? How would you, or what is one of the insight or tip you would like to share with us when it comes to repurposing content? Let's say I have an article on um, robot vacuum cleaners. So how will a business that owns, let's say, robot vacuum cleaner and has a blog article on the same repurpose that content for, let's say, video, audio, uh, Facebook, Instagram, etc.? Yeah, and 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 if you look at if you look out there, you know, there's famously there's a, there's a Gary V process where Gary, Gary V kind of suggests that every content you, you write should be on different forms. It should be ready for Instagram, for LinkedIn, for Facebook, and and all the above. Um, I mean, we we recommend that as well. Um, that we recommend that to kind of have content for different forms, but. Also, we noticed that actually, if, you, if the same content exists on different platforms, actually, it kind of takes away sometimes things from the the, the author or the, the company or the brand or the person potentially. Um, we recommend that having content, which is designed especially for the, the platform they're building it for, would make more sense. So, for example, if a person is is putting content out on Facebook and and the, and the and the group they they're kind of posting on is more of an entrepreneur group then have a take on entrepreneurship for the content they're writing for example if they are writing about uh you know um robotics or, or say maybe a cup of tea then there should be an angle for entrepreneurship in on facebook groups if that was the group they're posting to equally if the linkedin is full of people who are in in b2b marketing then the same article could be written about sort of from the, from the take off you know, B2B marketing and how, how that would be a good fit. So each platform should be should have its own take on it because if the same content is repurposed and just sort of made short or long or with a video, it doesn't allow people to follow you on different platforms and actually get value from it. So we recommend that every platform, everything you put out there should have its own take based on the audience you have on the platform. So for example, if you are writing for, LinkedIn, then it's again, and it's all about your followers are marketers, then it should be about marketing on LinkedIn. Whereas if it's on Facebook and it's all about entrepreneurship, then you talk, have a take on entrepreneurship. Similarly, if your Instagram followers are more people that are starting your business or so entrepreneurs, then you write about how can they inspire to, to start their own business, for example. So having it, uh, their own take on the content they they kind of post on different platforms really helps them to engage with the customers and potential customers on the platform they are currently on. All right. Let me ask, what are you currently working on, Raj? What are you currently working on in your business at the moment? Good question there, Augustine. So at the moment, we are working primarily on scaling up. Um, as I was mentioning before we started this, this conversation, it's been... Uh, a really fantastic journey for us from the point of view of business in the last few years. It's been a really hard last year, but the growth hasn't stopped really for us. 
And um, obviously, you know, my heart goes out to everybody who has had a, had a difficult time with their, 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 their jobs, their family, their health. Uh, but also, as I say, you know, this is an opportunity for us to kind of better ourselves and make ourselves more streamlined. We have been prepared from the very beginning to be a very streamlined company, uh, to be lean uh, about our, our business. And actually, that's really paid off in the last sort of year or so. And we now the aim really is to kind of scale up even further. We're looking at 5x growth in the next uh, next three years. So we are really ramping up our energies and our teams for that growth to come through. Okay. And uh, I was going through your achievements and uh, you mentioned that you founded three companies and one you actually took from uh, venture, from zero to acquisition. Maybe you could tell us a bit more on uh, on that. Yeah, of course. So uh, the second company I formed was in the space of, of events. Uh, it was a um, a company which sold bachelorette uh, and bachelor party company, uh, bachelor bachelorette and bachelor events. Sorry, um, in the UK mainly. We began with one product in one city, and we scaled it up to uh, thirty five products in forty five cities. Um, it yeah, in the span in the span of three three and a half to four years, um, basically we were really focusing on how can we make the life easier for people who are organizing these hen parties uh, in the UK, which are mainly dance-based hen parties. Parties. So seventy percent of bachelorette parties have have a dance activity, learning a dance, for instance, um, within them. And we realized that that's actually an untapped opportunity, and there can be much more which can be done. So we formed a uh, a company, built a website for it, and in the first year, in marketing, we kind of grew rapidly. Um, and and by the way, that, that was actually my my sort of my side business. I was not actually focusing on it on it full time. So um, we actually started to focus more on it. We I got some partners involved as well, and. Um, Really focusing on again the content, the story, uh, the ease of use to kind of be able to sell and build their own plans or packages without having to contact venues, uh, dance teachers, restaurants. We could give them a one-stop shop, like an Amazon for organizing your, your, your sort of your hen party. And um, you know, obviously, it was it was well liked. Uh, in the end, we were selling selling to not only end users but also agencies who specialize in, in events and uh, made a killing really augustine so we after three and a half four years it was time for me to kind of move on and i got a good offer and uh yeah so we, we made an exit from that business and it was it was a good learning to be honest to really see how can we grow a company and what entices people to buy a company for instance and what is required to build a company which is ready to sell and to, and to kind of help the the buyer to kind of we're from the point we left it at. Um, in the process of, you know, uh, building this company and um, growing it to acquisition, are there any challenges that you face that maybe right now, you, maybe you think to yourself, maybe I could have done uh, this differently or maybe I could have done that differently? Because I'm thinking of maybe someone who's starting out as an entrepreneur, 
and may, let's say they're afraid because they're not so sure about maybe their skill set and all of that. So maybe are there challenges you face because your story sounds really, really impressive. And, um, but I can also imagine that you face challenges during uh, the whole process. So maybe you can share with us if there's any challenge you face that maybe right now you think that uh, you ought to have done something differently at that time. That's a great question there, Augustine. I would say that a, a story of an entrepreneur is, is a bit like the British weather. You see rain, sun, wind, uh, all in the same day. Similarly, for an entrepreneur, you, you can see, uh, you know, you can have one hour, which could be a great hour, really happy hour, a great achievement hour. The same same hour could also be that this, you know, could be a very hard, challenging time. So, you know, every hour, every day for an entrepreneur is challenging, hectic. Um, you have to make a lot, make a lot of uh, commitments, decisions you have to make to kind of help the team, the customers to kind of grow and, and achieve things. So it wasn't different for this company as well. Um, it was a hard journey, if, if, and I wouldn't lie about that. Um, I think if I had the chance to go back in time and change something, I probably would really ramp up the marketing from day one. I think if if I had the opportunity today, I would start with a, with a, with a better website, a better platform, because you know I think I, I cut some corners in the beginning. The first year, um, our proposition was was a bit weak. For example, the site was very basic, and I didn't invest enough time on really promoting it. But still, given that we we we, we were uh, great value for money and the offering was was really good, we still get a, got a lot of customers. You know, just to give you an idea, at some point we were doing about thirteen to twenty groups of of you know average eight to to 20 uh, women on the on these hen parties. And it was impressive that we could do that kind of numbers. But had we had the marketing set up properly, had we had the keyword research done properly at the beginning, had we had the, the website set up in a way that it could get more people and not keep crashing all the time when we had traffic, I think we would have achieved that, that success even faster and potentially we could have sold it for a much higher price. Wow. If you were to choose, now this is a very tricky question and it's a very interesting one. In fact, if you're to choose between uh, written content or video content and you have to stick to your answer and only produce that type of content for the rest of your life, which one will you choose? Well, it would depend, uh, Augustine, on the, the audience. Um, do you have any, any sort of any particular audience here in mind, or would you say that's a generic any any just, customer? Just generic. If you were to choose, if uh, if you could only produce, let's say, only video content or written content, which one would you go for? Well, I know I'm gonna I'm going to back the question a little bit, but the, the reality is, from really beginning of this conversation we have been having, I, I, I've been really keen on the marketing mix because I think that's really important. It's important mixing together. Obviously, um, I would say written content because that that is something which has always resulted for great value for my companies in the past. Whether I was working for my own company or for somebody else's company, the the, the story which we tell in writing leads to some really interesting results eventually because people can then use that content in various forms. A lot of times, Good websites have a lot of traffic, 
get their content republished. And I've seen that that happens quite a lot with written content. You know, you'll, you'll see often that that content will be picked up from your site and republished somewhere else, um, or they will link back to it. The same happens with videos as well, obviously. Videos are also very powerful. They also they tell a great story, but they have a different purpose. I think videos is a phenomenal way to tell your story in a succinct way, um, but it, it, it is time-consuming to produce. It is hard to produce something which is really visually capturing uh, and can get you the same results as you can when you write something, for instance. Also, typically, you can you can take a take a, a written content and repurpose it very quickly for different platforms. Um, so, for example, I told you earlier that if, if I have the same content for for LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, I would change it a little bit to to sync with the with the audience I have on these different platforms. Um, to do that for a video, so if I have a different story I'm telling on video for Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, the time it takes is much, much more. Hence, the, the bang for buck or value you create from writing content is much higher because it can be, it could be changed faster. It could, it could create a better impact for people in that time. Obviously, overall, though, visually, videos are very powerful, and I can never take it away from videos that they are one of the better ways of telling a story. But there's a value for money. I will still go with, with writing content. Oh, I like how you've elaborated your answer. Now you've mentioned about backlinks. Um, do you have any suggestions or any information you would like to share when it comes to link building? Uh, well, see, uh, Within our company, we don't do backlinks as such. We don't offer backlinks as a service, for instance. I know there is um, a whole economy built out there to, to kind of, you know, get backlinks. One way which we, we see quite often and we've done it a few times is asking to, to actually do guest posts, for instance. Um, and that helps you kind of get a link back to, to your site, for instance. Um, and it all goes back to doing a lot of research to figure out who are, who is your, who resonates with your current customers, your audiences, for instance. In in my in my opinion, good content and 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 good um, businesses lead to incoming links by default anyway. But we should not let that hold us back. We should proactively go out there. And 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 get to get links back to us to our site to our content. I mean, one way of doing that, for example, now is podcasting. I mean, podcasts are a brilliant way to um, to not only get your story out there, like we are, like you're doing with with your uh, listeners, Augustine. That you know, people learn a lot about things, but also it's a great way to kind of get backlinks as well to your site because most uh, podcasts then actually go uh, into the, the the person's site, for instance. On different platforms, and it all actually adds value to the the end proposition. For example, but the beginning of any good backlink strategy is to be able to write and create good content. Because people will see good content, they link back to it, they quote it on their own on articles and blogs, and also that leads to building a brand that allows you to then get 
guest posts even even more sort of rapidly and dramatically and quickly uh, compared to if you don't have a brand or if you don't have a story to tell to the audiences. All right. Now, before I end the uh, I end the episode, maybe you could share with us uh, where we can find you and maybe uh, also your business. Of course. Uh, so, if you look for me on LinkedIn, my name is Raj Goodman Anand, and if you, if you search me on LinkedIn, you'll definitely find me. Please do add and 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 say hello. And the business can be found on Goodman Lantern. So just enter Goodman Lantern on Google, and you should be find us on as the first link. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's GoodmanLantern.com and Raj Goodman Anand on LinkedIn. So I'll add all that information down in the show notes below and also on our website. Raj, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing with us a lot of valuable information on content writing, on marketing. I think we have learned a lot from you and we are always very, very grateful for your time. Thank you, Augustine, for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. All right, then uh, if you have any questions, make sure to reach out to me, Augustine at siftgroup.net or Augustine at savadigital.io. But until next time, see you guys on the next podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Marketing Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, class dismissed.